Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to be discussing the Enneagram Type 3, and I'm excited to have my friend Justin on the podcast. Uh, It was a great conversation uh, talking about his Type 3 energy and how he's able to uh, use that energy and help others find their own Type 3 energy and achieving their goals and accomplishing what they want to in their own lives. Uh, And it was also great for me to just talk to him and listen to him because being a type nine, when I am in a season of health or like pushing myself towards growth, is taking on those healthy parts of a type three. So I I always enjoy hearing uh, perspectives and and, uh, seeing the world through the lens of a healthy type three because it helps me to uh, get a better understanding of what that looks like for me as well to be healthier and and put myself out there a little bit more. So I really appreciate that. Uh, For those of you who don't know what the type three is, the type three is usually called the achiever. Uh, They are not only goal setters, they are goal achievers, like uh, they're called. Uh, They uh, are always setting goals. They're always going after uh, accomplishing something. And so they have this deep desire to be successful uh, and that can look different for each type three it could be money or wealth or career uh, tangible things uh, but it could also be you know having a, a certain type of education or from a certain specific, or a certain type of school it could be uh, you know like depending on where they how they grew up and what their family views as success that could change what they uh, what a type three uh, would see as success so it's going to be different for each type three but whatever it looks like for them that that's going to be you know what their drive is what they want how they want to what they want to achieve to in order to appear successful and they're really good at adapting into different situations different settings uh, to you know to be successful in that setting uh, so that is something that they're really good at and they're great motivators and they're usually able to see uh, somebody's potential uh, before that person is able to see it and help pull that out and become a better person, which is a great, great attribute. Uh, When type threes are in stress, they take on the unhealthy attributes of a type nine. And when they are in a season of growth, they take on the healthy parts of a type six. So, uh, and Justin will go into more of that as we discuss, you know, his his type and what that looks like for him. So uh, take a listen. Uh, if you are a type three and uh, this will help other people understand you better, or maybe you know a type three that will appreciate this, then feel free to share this episode, uh, whether that's through, you know, texting the link out or sharing our social media posts, which you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the Brood Life podcast. Just look for the orange logo with the coffee cup and uh, you can share that any way you want to. Uh, Also, if you haven't already, please go out and subscribe to the podcast and rate and review and it helps us out. So thanks again for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with Justin about being an Enneagram type three. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Brood Life, and we are continuing our series talking about the Enneagram. Uh, Excited to have my friend Justin on the podcast today, talking about the type three. Uh, Before we get started uh, talking about 
the the type three, I'm going to hand it over to him and let him introduce your, himself to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I uh, love geeking out about the Enneagram, so we'll have lots to talk about. But uh, my name is Justin Hewitt. I was born in Kansas, and uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk a lot of, of Enneagram background, so kind of the, the professional background. Uh, I have my undergrad in youth ministry and Christian leadership, kind of felt the call early in life to go be a pastor. Uh, and then I graduated college and I was a pastor and I was like, ah, oh, this ain't it. <laughs> uh, ended up going to seminary, got my master's of divinity, again, did some, some chaplaincy work, did associate pastor, eventually just as life has it over the course of, of growing up and starting a family, ended up doing some lead pastor work. Uh, and I kind of tell people at, at each of those stops. So being, being a youth pastor and then uh, I got a chaplain department going at a retirement community, and then I was an associate pastor, and then a lead pastor. So that each one of those was kind of shades of true. Like each step got me close. Like, oh, I think this is what I meant to do. And eventually, my doctoral program, uh, I I had a coach, and uh, at the time I was looking at leadership burnout and why is it that we have leaders that succumb to burnout, and is there something that can be done? And so I was lamenting to my coach. And just said, man, I just wish something could be done about leadership burnout, particularly in the church. And he said, well, you can do something. And that was like the first, like, oh, I can. And so found a couple of guys said, hey, would you let me coach you? I have to write about this in my doctoral program. Would you let me coach you? And ended up giving a couple of guys some coaching for about six months. So I could, I could write the, the term paper for that semester. And we were done. And I submitted the paper and I said, okay, we're done. Thanks. You gave me my six months of data. You guys are free to go. And they said, well, that's great, but we want to keep going. And it's also it's like, well, but now I have to charge you. And so like uh, a business started and God has kind of blessed that with clients. Uh, and over the last almost 10 years now of professional coaching, I've continued to refine that niche of what it looks like. And so I do uh, pre predominantly executive coaching for small, thriving, entrepreneurial-based businesses. Uh, so that their leaders can stay healthy, that as your business grows, you kind of realize like it's easy as a business owner to let everything be consumed by the business. And so I kind of step in and help provide some of that perspective, especially as the type three achiever type, like it's easy to be consumed by look at all that I can do. Yeah. And so I kind of come alongside and say, how do we actually get not just more things done, but get the right things done? Because part of that is business, but it's, it's also family. It's also your spiritual health. It's also your ability to take vacations and unplug. And so I, I have really kind of niched down into that to say, how do we, how do we type three this uh, for Enneagram? I don't necessarily use non, or I don't use Enneagram language for non-Enneagrammers right away, but sure. anybody familiar with that type three will say, how do we type three every area of your life? And if you want to be the best and let's be the best, not just at working, but at parenting and at being a spouse and at relaxing and at sleeping and at taking your health seriously and at exercise and so that you can, there, there are people as a business owner that rely on you and let's make sure that you stay healthy for everybody that you want to do. And so ultimately then we talk about what it means to leave a legacy of influence and impact that if you're healthy, you get to, you get to pass something much more important than, than an inheritance onto people, but, but really character and values and judgment and, and the work that you do that ultimately matters. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So kind of leading back in or into the Enneagram, I guess, how did you uh, personally discover the Enneagram? Yeah. Uh, initially for me uh, was early on in 
doctoral in my doctoral program again it was this it was a semester that we had a coach it was it was uh, our our leadership semester and so we took i don't even know myers briggs and strengths quest and you you name a leadership profile assessment we had to take them all yeah and we had to have a coach and we had to have a spiritual mentor like this was it was like a year of just intense if you want to be a leader here's all of the leadership parameters uh, and so one of those tests, obviously, that we had to have to take was was the Enneagram. Uh, and, you know, as it goes, I, I kind of tell people now, I don't need a test to tell me that I'm an introvert. So like Myers-Briggs is great, right? I, I don't want to knock Myers-Briggs, but I don't need a test to tell me that I'm an introvert. Right. But then I take the Enneagram and like uh, I cried the, when I got my results because I was like, for the first time in my life, somebody finally gets me. Right. Like it, it became much more than just a personality profile or a type assessment or a, you know, you're a beaver or a lion or a, okay. Right. Like I've, yeah. I've taken all those, but I take the Enneagram and I'm like, Oh my gosh, somebody actually gets me. Uh, and so from there, like it was one of those things that I took, but I didn't know a lot of other people that, that did it. And then several years ago, kind of got reintroduced to it. I, I ended up doing some, some leadership development for an organization. I said, let's just try this test that I know called the Enneagram. I loved it when I took it years ago. Let's try it. I ended up doing it with a team and like it just, it radically transformed that team. And so from there, it's just become like my go-to assessment when a leader is struggling and we need to figure out for them or their team how to break through. Enneagram has been beneficial, but I, that's kind of my brief history with it. So, and you kind of hinted at it uh, just now, but how did, how did you feel when you first like settled on being a type three yeah so we do uh in that semester we're doing some of the shadow work right who are you at your worst right which is really where the the enneagram fits in uh and you know it's it's one of those things that that behind the enneagram there's always this what's the wounded message and so i always kind of tell uh i'm always kind of of scared to tell the wounding message number one because obviously it's, it's my wound right uh but number two because it just so happens that it involves my parents and that's just because they were the main influence. Right. And so I never, like, I'm not talking bad about my parents. It's just the example of how the Enneagram works. Right. Um, and so I, I have a, I have a brother that's five years older than me. And uh, so he was getting ready to graduate his master's program and I am just heading into my senior year of college. Right. So that's kind of the, the time difference we're in. And, and, my, my brother, he's one of those people that's just naturally smart. He, he's an Enneagram five. Uh, and so he knows everything and, and he researches. And so anyway, he's graduating his master's program. And my mom calls me and she says, your brother's graduating his master's program this week. And he just won thesis of the year. When are you going to write a book and win thesis of the year? And like as a senior in, high, uh, in college, I'm like, <gasps> oh no, they don't think I'm good, right? Like instantly I flip into this idea of I'm only as good as the things that I can produce, right? And that's yeah. kind of this, this fear of this three perspective is you're only going to like me because I can, I can do good things, right? And so all of a sudden what she is not trying to say is, Justin, you're terrible and I wish you would write a book, but that's kind of instantly what I hear. And so I, obviously I didn't have the language for that then, but then as I encountered the Enneagram, I can look back on my life and look at all of these different moments and say, oh, that's why I responded that way. Oh, that's why this relationship got out of hand. Like it, it, gives, it gave me language and perspective 
uh, and I tell people I'm, I'm married to a nine. And I tell people like both of us understanding our Enneagram numbers has done more to radically transform our marriage than the three years that we were in marriage counseling. Yep. Like, it, look, and marriage counseling was great. I do it again. It was fantastic. We did individual therapy. We did couples therapy. It was all great. But once we did Enneagram and we had that language, it was like, oh, I get it now. Oh, I understand you so much better. And so it's been one of those that just, it, it has not only allowed me to look back and say, I get why things are, why I responded the way I did now and why I have the, the views that I have. But it's given me language for not just my intimate relationships, but then on the on the business side to say, hey, guys, like we all come with these biases and these perspectives and let's just acknowledge them and see what radical transformation can happen. Yeah. And, and you've already mentioned some of them, but are there any other ways that you can look at your life and see how the Enneagram has impacted your individual, your personal life? Yeah. Uh, another one of those that isn't isn't near so wound, wounding to me. Uh, but so I'm the youngest and I grew up on the farm, which meant I got all the crap jobs that nobody else wanted to do. Right. <laughs> right. And so I kind of learned when dad said, hey, we need to go. We need to go put put bales on the trailer. Right. Like the, the animals need ba- straw, need hay for winter. Uh, it meant that dad got to drive the truck and sit in the air conditioning. And my brother got to stand in the trailer and be drug everywhere and just kind of finish placing them into place. And it meant that I was the one to walk the field and have to throw them up five, six, seven, eight feet into the air. Uh, I'm only as good as the things that I can produce, right? And so my, I, I kind of learned very early on, uh, I, I succeed, and I, and I don't say this like to put myself down, it's just this acknowledgement of I succeed, not because I think I'm, I'm, I'm smarter or, or faster or somehow better than anybody, but I, like it was just ingrained in me early on, you have to work harder than anybody. Right. And so I just I enter into any sort of given task. Like I'm, I'm not going to be the fastest. I'm not going to be the smartest. I'm not going to be the best. But you're going to have to look really hard to find somebody that's willing to work harder and longer than me. Yeah. Uh, and when you're starting a business, that works great. At the same time, that's my biggest downfall. Right. And that's kind of the blessing of the Enneagram is that I can look back on these moments and say, man, the thing that allowed me to succeed was also the thing that eventually caused my downfall. And so, yeah, I can, I can look and say, I, I got all the, I got all the crummy jobs and it was because I was the youngest, but from there I learned that that just meant I had to work harder than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, looking at, at the type three, when you are in a season of stress or whatever, you, uh, take on the unhealthy parts of a type nine. So what yeah. do you see in yourself? Like, what are some signs that you see that, uh, that kind of signal that, oh, I'm, I'm acting out of stress right now yeah uh i i, I want to do nothing yeah. and, and i don't mean like i just relax i mean like my body completely shuts down uh if we get to saturday and i tell my wife hey i just want to go into the bedroom and play like eight hours of madden i'll see you tomorrow <laughs> i know that i have overdone it monday through friday yeah because what ends up happening is then i don't have uh, i don't have anything to give her Right. And we typically try to take dates on Saturdays. And so if I get to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to go on a date with you. I know that I have overdone it on Monday through Friday. If I get to the spot where it's the weekend and I can do stuff with my kids and I'm just like, don't, don't look at me. Don't touch me. Don't even be in the same room as me. That's not their fault. Like that's on me for poor leadership. Right. right. That means I overdid it Monday through Friday. And so I've noticed that uh, controlling those things Monday through Friday make the biggest difference in how my weekend goes. 
because when I, man, when I'm unhealthy, like I'll lay in bed and I will, I will chug two pots of coffee and play video games for 24 hours straight. And that actually does very little to help me recharge. It, it just like tries to, to drown out the noise around me. Yep. And, and uh, I, I've learned some painful lessons that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, as I'm, I'm also a type nine, so I understand that, uh, that, cause that's which, how which, see now, because you, you, you will get it. I was, I have to be careful who I tell this joke to, because you have to understand the Enneagram. <laughs> but what happens is being married to a type nine, as I say, which means that the healthier my wife is, the more she looks like me and the unhealthier I get, the more I take, I, I look like her. Yep. Which, if you know my wife and how wonderful she is, is absolutely not the case at all, right? But, <laughs> but it, it, it gives us that language, like, because she, yeah. she can be that same way, like, hey, Justin, I've got some goals. Great. That's actually a really healthy thing. And when she comes home from work, she's like, I said something to somebody today. Good for you, right? And the flip side is when I'm like, hey, let's just lay around and watch Hallmark all day. I, I, I am out of whack. I am unhealthy. I am not balanced. And I, I have... Uh, I have hurt myself and probably those around me by overdoing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. And I think that that's, uh, you know, my wife is a type one, but I, it's interesting seeing those relationships where you get, where they're connected on that stress health di- uh, line and how they're able to help each other see when the other is in a place of growth or in a place of stress and kind of like help pull each other back into that Absolutely. healthy place. Yeah. So uh, kind of on the, on the flip side of that, uh, the type three goes to the six and uh, seasons of growth. Uh, so how are some ways that you kind of push yourself towards growing and be taking on those healthier aspects of the type six? Yeah. One of those things and, and uh, coaching has been radically transformative for me in this regard and, and not just being coached, but actually coaching other people in that when I enter into a situation and I'm very much, hey, hey Brandon, I, I know what you need to do, right? And, and I assume that I, I know the answer. I've coached somebody like you before. Uh, I know your situation. I've been in it before. I've coached somebody through it before. Here's what we need to do. In those moments, it's me trying to prove myself. And inevitably, I screw everything up. You don't own the answer. You don't own the solution. You're not involved in the process. You kind of check out. And then I look, I'm like, well, I got it wrong. And I kind of beat myself up. But what coaching does is it, it forces me to step to the side and say, well, what's, what's true for you in this situation? What matters? Why is this important? Right? And, and to play that, that kind of healthy devil's advocate and, and challenge somebody to say, let's think critically about the choices that you've made that have gotten you here in the choices that you want to make to get you ultimately to where you want to go, right? And so we can still kind of take this type three idea of let's set some goals, let's be driven, let's, let's strive for success, however you want to define that. But let's also make sure that we have time in our space, in our life, in our calendar to look at some of these viewpoints, to examine some of these perspectives and, and ultimately to, to, to wrestle with these sides of the situation so that you can come to an, an answer that's not just kind of true in your head, but true in your heart, right? One that you have convicted with, one that you've wrestled with, one that will leave you transformed for the journey. Yeah, no, that's great. That's, that's good. And um, yeah, 
I'll get to what I was thinking about in a second, but uh, what do, what's something that you wish that people understood more or like knew about the type three, like kind of going past the stereotypes or even misconceptions, what's something you wish people knew about you? Yeah. Uh, two, two instantly come to mind. Number one, uh, we're not all extroverts. Uh, like talking to people is, is hard work. And there's a reason, like there, there's a reason I have a tendency to be drugged down on Saturdays. And it's not because I pursued my goals too hard. It's because I was around a lot of people. And yeah. especially when you're invested in coaching and it's relational problems, whether they're private or in the workplace or whatever, like not only do I invest in you, I'm invested in all of your people. And so like that takes a lot of emotional toll. So num- number one, uh, we're not all extroverts and, and they're introverted threes. Uh, but number two, one of the things that, that I very intentionally tell my clients is uh, I'm here for your success, but you get to define what that success looks like. And I think mm-hmm. it's easy to sell the type three short as, oh, they just want to, you know, achieve at work and, and run a multi-million dollar business. And like, we have those kind of stereotypes. I've had people that I, I had one guy, probably one of my favorite clients, he called me years ago and said, uh, he was a, a C-suite executive for an oil company. And he said, my, my marriage is great. My family life is great. My hobbies are great. Help me be a better CFO. And we worked together for about six to eight months. And he finally realized, no, it's actually this other stuff that's in shambles. And it's because I hate my job. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in this job because somebody else wanted me to be in this job. And so we kind of shifted our strategy to writing an exit strategy for him and refocus this kind of type three energy on saying, how do you invest more in the relationships with your wife and your kids? And so we, anyway, he ended up finishing that exit strategy. He left the company. He went on a a four month sabbatical where he did nothing but dated his wife and attended every one of his, his kids baseball games. And he kind of Mm -hmm. sent me a brief email at the end of that. And he goes, "I've, I've never been happier. I got a job. It pays half of what my old job did but I'm home every night for dinner. I leave work at work and I still get to go to every one of my kids' baseball games. And so like for him, that, that idea of being a type three manifested in how do I be a better husband and father? And so it's easy to see how the type threes want to win at work. We just as bad want to win in other areas of life. And sometimes that means I've had people that want to pursue hobbies. I've had people that want to pursue personal relationships or vacations, uh, but good, healthy type threes care about all areas of, of health, not just one manifestation of it. Yeah, no, that, and that's really good. What I was going to say earlier and, uh, is as as a type nine, it's important for me to have people who are type threes in my life because that's the, like, I have that example of like, okay, this is what I need to go towards when I'm in a healthy place. But, uh, also, um, you know, but we're all kind of interconnected when it comes to Enneagram, but you know, like I say the same thing, like I really enjoy having people who are type eights in my life because they push me to, to do the uncomfortable things. Um, But uh, threes are also important for me too, because I I feel like you guys do a really good job of, of one, like rallying everybody together around this like vision, like we can get this done. And also I feel like type threes do a great job of, seeing the potential in people that they don't see in themselves and that's really encouraging as somebody who has a hard time finding their voice having somebody say hey i see this potential in you or i see this gift in you let's let's pull that out and 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 make something out of that i've i've 
uh, a number of times had, look, I, I know somebody who's struggling with something and I've just come alongside them. And I said, I'm here for you, uh, but you have to know I'm the last person you want to share your goals with. Because if you tell me them, <laughs> and I'll listen, but as soon as you tell me those, I'm going to hold you to them. Yeah. Like I, I take that very, like goals are, are, are sacred hollowed ground to me. And, and you want to share them with me, please do. But also know that like, that doesn't mean I'm going to be like, Brandon, you need to do this. It means you're going to have me in your corner and you have to understand like what it means for me to bring that type three energy. And I, I always kind of tell people when I joke with people, although it's not really a joke that I was a pastor for a decade, but I wasn't a very good one because I have a, a, a very, uh, low tolerance for BS. Yeah. You want to, you would, and I told people, I, I told people at our church, I said, you want to come and complain about something. You can come and complain to me as much as you want. My door is always open, but also know that you have to come with a solution because I'm going to help you come up with a solution for that. It, you have an issue with somebody else in the congregation. You think uh, one of our ministries is falling short. You don't like where our budget is heading. I don't care. I will listen to you complain for as long as you want. But when you come to my office to complain, you also have to have the solution because that's what I'm going to help you fix. And I never, never once had somebody come to my office and complain. Like we, we stopped complaining in the church almost overnight because they just knew, well, he's going to make me fix it. I am. And that like, that is harnessing that type three energy. I, I hope for good, right? Like, yeah. tell me your problems, tell me your struggle, tell me your goals. But you have to know that along with that, you're going to get somebody who's going to be championing you. You're going to get like, I wake up at 4 a.m. seven days a week. Just know that like I'm going to be shooting you texts at five because I want you to know that when you look at your phone, when you wake up, I have been like awake already cheering you on because that I, I think, I hope what I'm trying to embody there is, is that passion of that type three energy to say like, you are, are so much more capable of what you, of what you, than what you even realize, yeah. right? Like one of the things I, I tell all of my coaching people is you have made it through 100% of whatever life is thrown at you so far, which means whatever obstacle you're facing right now, chances are you're going to make it through this one as well. And what we have to do is get to those core issues of why fighting this battle, this battle matters, and then come out on the other side of that. But I, I love getting to champion people in that regard. Yeah, so what, say there's somebody who's listening to this and maybe they just typed as a type three, or maybe they've been known, have known they've been type three for a long time. What's some, like pointers or advice that you would give to somebody listening who is uh, type three on the Enneagram? Yeah. One that is very close to me is make sure your goals are balanced. This is something I, I work through with all of my clients. Every, every quarter we sit down and write goals together. And I, I can't, I never just allow somebody to say, I want to grow my business by this much. And I want to hire this many new employees and I want to have this much market stuff. And great. How many dates are you going to take your spouse on? What's your vacation plan look like? How will your kids know that you're invested into them? So whatever goal setting strategy works, works for you. Make sure that you understand that, that all of your life needs to be represented in this. How many books do you want to read? How much time do you want to spend praying? Who are you going to connect with at your, your church or community group? How much time do you want to give back volunteering into the community? Whatever it is that is passionate for you outside of your, your narrow focus of success, take that step back and say, do, does 
my goal system adequately represent the totality of who I am. Yeah, no, that's great. That's really good advice. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So one last question uh, that I ask everybody that comes on here because uh, the podcast is called The Brood Life. So when you uh, go out and meet somebody for coffee or a drink, what is your drink of choice? Oh, coffee. Look, as, as it happens, not that anybody else can see this, but my kids just brought me a cup of coffee in the background because they know it's been <laughs> like an hour since I've had some. Uh, I, I have had to cut back from two pots to one pot a day because two pots a day probably isn't healthy. Uh, I'm working on cutting back to a half a pot, uh, but it's coffee all day long. If I can't, when I know I shouldn't have more coffee, I'll switch to iced tea, okay. not sweet tea, iced tea. Okay. Okay. So you don't live in the South. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and just being open and honest and sharing about being a type three. And uh, hopefully that this will be beneficial to others that listen. I hope so. Thanks for having me on.